What's up, y'all? The Locked On Ole Miss podcast is all systems go. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. We get into a conversation with Robbie Weinstein of Vandy 24-7 Sports. This continues our Beyond Enemy Lines series. I hope you guys will enjoy it. If not, too bad. He's got a lot of good info for you, and it should be a winnable game for Ole Miss, albeit we discussed that. So, without further ado, let's dive in. Right now, I'm joined by Robbie Weinstein. You can catch him at Vandy 24-7. Uh, let's start here, Robbie. It's easy to question Derek Mason and his future. Instead, let's talk about what's next for Vanderbilt. Is there a sense that this program can achieve its goal? If so, Robbie, what are those goals? And is it your belief that the leadership at Vanderbilt and the fan base's goals are aligned? Yeah, so a lot to unpack there. I mean, I think yeah, I, I think the thing is right now, I, I think everybody kind of acknowledges that they're in, uh, I guess, including last year, a multi-year rebuild probably. Uh, they, they've got a very young team coming in. I, I think they will probably be improved from last year. Not that that's saying much because they were three and nine. Uh, so, right. I, I think that, um, sure, two, three years from now, yeah, I, I think they can be improved. I, I think they can get back to a bowl game potentially. Um, but, um, you know, there's certainly some questions about that because you do look at uh, Derek Mason's record and since 2014. Yeah, they've made a couple bowl games. They've, they've generally been competitive, but the, the, since they lost the bowl games, they haven't actually had a winning record. So I, I think that hurts a little bit in recruiting. Uh, in terms of you know the leadership at the university, I, I think it's it's hard to say because the there's a new incoming chancellor who starts I think July for, July first or, or sometime this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's a little bit of a wild card. Candace Story Lee is the new athletic director. She was uh, named the permanent AD like a week or two ago. Uh, you know, she's been around the university for a long time, but I think objectively it's it's difficult to say, you know, whether they're going to invest. More. They say they're going to invest more. They announced, you know, a new renovation project for the football locker room. But when there's so many, you know, when there's so much new leadership, I, I think it's the type of thing where it, it's hard to say with any certainty. Yes, this is things are going to change. It's going to be so much better. I think it's also hard to say that stuff isn't going to change. I think it's it's something that maybe a year from now we would have some idea on that, but we're so early in the tenure of the new chancellor and the new athletic director that it's, it's hard to uh, speak on that with, with you know a ton of certainty, I would say. Give me what you perceive to be the best case scenario for the Commodores this football season something like five and seven kind of a feisty team with a good defense that has then some hope a lot of hope of making a bowl game in 2021 because they they're probably going to be young at quarterback uh they're looking at uh you know so they're bringing in two pretty talented like high three-star prospects at quarterback and ken seals and mike wright i i suspect seals since he just kind of has a little bit more weight on him right now and, and maybe he's a little a little bit more polished potentially. I think that he could be the starter. And so if he looks, I think there's probably going to be some struggles in terms of him this year because he's a true freshman. But if he looks pretty good, or it seems like he could be good in 2021, and the defense is, is much improved, then I think there could be some hope going forward. But I, I would be really quite surprised if they you know bounce all the way back to 6-6 six and six or whatever and get back to a bowl game. 
just because I think um, the roster was very young last year. It's still pretty young. It is improving, I think. But, uh, you know, I think there's just a long way to go based on where they were last year because they were blown out in a lot of games last year. During the 2018 season, the offense scored 370 points. Last season, the Commodores managed only 198. They scored 14 or fewer points seven times and finished dead last in the conference. Uh, Todd Fitch, the former Louisiana Tech offensive mind, has been hired to to improve this offense, specifically the pass game. How is he going to do that? Because on top of all of that, you got a lot of quarterbacks that have departed. Yeah, I, I think the thing about the quarterbacks departing is that the guys who are going out like weren't really very productive anyway. Sure, so I, I don't sure. know if the quarterbacks who are going, who are leaving really affect things necessarily. But I, you know, at the same time, the guys who are going to be there and are coming in are very inexperienced in their own right. So what they're going to do? They've had a pro style offense ever since Derek Mason got there, and they're going to more of a spread West Coast type of system, a uh, lot more eleven personnel. Uh, they're going to have more receivers on the field. They're going to try to go up tempo and run a lot more plays rather than uh, playing at a more methodical pace like they have in the past. Uh, you know, I think to be honest, considering Vanderbilt is just uh, historically has not recruited the same quality in terms of especially like bulk on on both lines compared to the rest rest of the SEC or at least the top teams in the SEC. I think that this change was probably a, a little bit overdue. I think you could argue that. Uh, you know, how long will it take for it to, uh, you know, for them to have some success there? I'm, I'm not sure, but I do think it it does match up decently well with when you have a, um, you know, some inexperience at quarterback. They're going to go with a lot of quick hitting passes, I think, and and not have to not make the true freshman have to throw the ball downfield a whole lot, which which I suppose can help. Ladies and gentlemen, in the words of T-Pain, let me remind you that rockauto.com has you covered in every way imaginable with their amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. What are you doing for your car needs? rockauto.com has you covered. Please support the folks who are supporting us. We appreciate your time and rockauto.com. Their services will be worth your time. So let's switch over to the defensive side of the ball. The top 11 tacklers return, and that is, I believe, if you can find a bright spot because of the amount of youth Vandy had to play last year. So with with the 11 starters coming back, there's got to be something Derek Mason and Ted Roof can consistently get from the unit. Am I being overly optimistic? No, I don't think so. I think they're going to improve a lot. Uh, The defense, low-key, since, I would say 2016, and that was the last year with Zach Cunningham before he uh, went to the NFL as a second-round pick. Since then, the defense really has, has fallen off, I would say, and I, I think they're going to be significantly better this year because they do. I think they return all 11 starters, uh, and uh, so I I think last year one of the big issues was that they didn't really get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. They weren't super uh, disruptive. Dio Dangbo did have 12 tackles for loss, but uh, I, I think uh, Andre Mintz led the team in sacks, and, and he only had a four and a half. So I, I don't know how much better they're going to be at rushing the passer, but I think overall defensively, um, I, I don't think the guys that they have are necessarily not talented at all or anything like that. I, I think that's fine. I just think they were playing a lot of freshmen and sophomores last year. So I do think um, you know Dimitri Moore as the main inside linebacker is, is continuing to improve. They've added a ton of talent on the defensive line, mostly via the transfer market. 
Malik Langham came over from Florida. He's a former four-star prospect. Rutger Reitmeier is kind of seems like he's coming into his own a little bit. He's, he came from Oregon and he was a high three-star prospect. They've got some other guys in there too that I think can really help on the defensive line because to me that has been one of the biggest weaknesses of the whole team the last few years is that they just can't really stop the run because uh, the defense at the point of attack hasn't been uh, particularly good from from my perspective. And so I, I think the improvement uh, on the defensive line can really help everybody else out on the defense as well. So you mentioned the ability to improve the pass rush. Where does that start for Ted Roof, who's now coached 12 different teams as a defensive coordinator, has plenty of experience, and you mentioned this too, they just don't have the same level of talent that the other teams in the SEC have. So if we're led to believe that there could be some upside for the defensive side of the ball, how does that happen? I think in terms of the pass rush, I, I honestly don't know. Like based on what we've seen from the, you know, quote unquote pass rushers on their roster, I'm not sure that they have guys who are just going to break out. Um, I, I think uh, there's a guy, Elijah McAllister, who is kind of an outside linebacker type, physically looks pretty impressive, who I, I think maybe has a chance to do something this year and contribute there as a pass rusher. But I think one way that they can improve with that is simply by, uh, the defensive backs are continuing to uh, get more experience, and I, th- I think their secondary is going to be better this year. So potentially, you know, maybe they can get some more covered sacks and stuff like that. Uh, I-, I do think between the defensive line and the secondary, they can they can improve in that area, even though they they don't necessarily have the great pass rushers. I think for 2021, they do have uh, a guy who's sitting out this year as a transfer, Alex Williams from Ohio State, who is more of a true pass rusher on the outside and he could make an impact uh, next year. But like I said, he's not eligible. So I, I don't know that they have the um, like explosive pass rushers really coming off the edge. So I think that they have to hope that other aspects of the defense being significantly improved will make up for that. So Vanderbilt returns all of its defensive backs. Is that going to be the strength of the defense in your mind, or is it going to be another position group? I am pretty high on the defensive line, to be honest. Okay, uh, but I would say that the I think the secondary definitely could be. They've got a lot of options at safety. Uh, Brendan Harris, I, who I think is a former four-star recruit, uh, Deshaun Jerkins, who played pretty well as a redshirt freshman last year, mm-hmm. Tay Daly as well. Like uh, three of the top four returning tacklers were actually safeties, which probably says something about uh, the number <laughs> of you know opposing running backs that are getting into the second level of the defense, right? Uh, but um, I, I think that um, I think the secondary is going to be solid. I think defensive line could be pretty good. I think it's enough to. I definitely think the upside for the defense this year is probably like an average SEC defense, which is is not too bad, uh, especially compared to where they've been the last two or three years. Uh, I don't, you know, offensively, it's hard to predict when uh, they've got so much inexperience at quarterback. It's difficult to predict that they're really going to be a particularly good offensive team, maybe they surprise everybody, but I do feel comfortable saying that the defense is going to be significantly improved. And like I said, I think the upside is like kind of average in the SEC. What do you think when I say the names Dimitri Moore and Tay Daly? Dimitri Moore, he led the team in tackles last year, uh, 99 tackles. So he's going to be a redshirt junior coming up this year. They've needed They've needed a linebacker like him for, for a couple of years. They had a guy, Jordan Griffin, uh, who I think he graduated in twenty after the 2018 season, uh, who was kind of a tackling machine. And so last year, Moore, you know, as a, as a sophomore, was 
stepping into the role as kind of the guy who was expected to lead the team in tackles, basically. And that's really tough to do in the SEC for a you know a former three-star prospect who's only a sophomore. Uh, I, I think maybe he just wasn't totally ready to take on that role successfully, but I, I think that he's got a chance going forward. Uh, Daly led the team with three interceptions and, and can make some plays for sure. And I, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why, like I mentioned safety earlier, like I think they've got four or five potential options at safety that can be solid. Honestly, I, I don't know if they've got quite that level of depth at corner, but I, I think they've got some decent options there as well. But uh, safety could be one of the best positions on the team. Look, if you thought that I was done putting on the full court press for my favorite protein bar, which happens to taste like a delicious candy bar, then you would be mistaken. But I know you didn't think that because Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked on, you'll get $10 off your first order. I've already done this. I've done this multiple times. The people I work with have begun doing this. What are you waiting for? It's a protein bar. It's good for you. And it tastes like a candy bar. Do yourself a favor. Save yourself some money. Save yourself time. Go to BuiltBar.com. Promo code Locked On for $10 off your first order. For listeners who don't know, is Cam Johnson the most exciting player on the team? If not, who is? I would say he is, yeah. I mean, he has pretty much everything you would look for in in terms of uh, at this point in a guy's career saying that he could be a potential star at some point. Uh, So he was a former four-star recruit out of the Nashville area. He's a huge recruiting win. And uh, as a true freshman in 2018, he, he, I think, broke his leg, whatever it was. He had a severe leg injury, lower body injury, pretty early in the season and thus missed the season but was able to redshirt. Uh, Last year, 30 receptions for 316 yards, three touchdowns. Obviously, that doesn't jump way off the page, but with how ineffective the passing offense was last year, he was the second leading receiver, and I think he was a real bright spot. When you consider he has three years of eligibility left, uh, he could be, I mean, I think maybe two years from now, he could potentially be like an all-SEC player. I don't know that he's ever going to get to like first-team status because in the SEC, those are basically first-round draft picks usually. But he's he's rock solid, and I think um, uh, he's a really key piece going forward for them. And, and I would expect, like off the top of my head, I think he's got to be the best player on the offense. Robbie, the most fun game on the schedule this year is what team? I think the Ole Miss game actually could be quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's one that I'm looking at because it's at home. I, I think maybe that could be a competitive game. And, you know, Ole Miss obviously is kind of a fun team to watch, and I would expect that to continue with Lane Kiffin in charge, whereas you know, South Carolina at home might be winnable, but uh, that's sort of a tough team to watch at times, in my opinion. <laughs> so I would honestly go with Ole Miss. I think the non-conference game at Kansas State on September 19th is interesting just because, you know, they don't play K-State every day. They beat them at home two years ago, and so it's a little bit of a revenge spot there. But, you know, when you go on the road and K-State is, I, I would think it's probably going to contend for a bowl game or is expected to make a bowl game. Yeah, that we don't know if that game is going to be close, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think the Ole Miss game is an interesting one to watch, especially because it's, uh, what is it, the sixth game of the season. So uh, if, you know, if Vanderbilt just, 
wins the first game at home against Mercer, with it, which it should, and then beats Colorado State also at home. You know, if they can beat Ole Miss in that game and get to like three and three, then that's pretty far above expectations. I would actually <laughs> say, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't favor Vanderbilt in that game, but I, I think that I think I've probably got a shot. Yeah, you went exactly where I, I thought the answer should be, which is Ole Miss. But I think the Kansas State one, as you mentioned, for obvious reasons, just a non-conference yeah. foe in a game that seems like it could be competitive. Uh, let's talk some about that Ole Miss game. How do you expect it to go? And that can be tough to know because not unlike Vanderbilt, Ole Miss is trying to figure out who its quarterback is going to be, whether that's Matt Corral or John Rice Plumley. And Lane Kiffin's a first-year coach and hasn't gotten to have practice yet. So when you look at this game, is there a chance that Vanderbilt's defense is good enough, like you said, perhaps about middle of the pack, and the offense, let's say they, they put up a, a solid showing against what has been a very weak Ole Miss defense the last few seasons, suddenly it seems to me like there is a bit of a window for Vanderbilt to make that an exciting game. Yeah, I, I mean, I think when you put it that way, like in some ways it's actually kind of a good matchup for Vanderbilt. Like you said, uh, you know, I don't really see them beating one of the, you know, an SEC team that has one of the better defenses in the league because they're just totally unproven at quarterback. We talked <laughs> about uh, the offense. Um, it's hard for me to get, you know, John Rice Plumley just completely torching them on the ground last year, like out of my head. So I, I think <laughs> that specific matchup may not be ideal. But like I said, the, the defense for Vanderbilt, I think, is going to be uh, improved enough this year that, yeah, you would hope at home that, that, they probably would be able to do at least somewhat of a better job on him. But uh, I, so, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, that is interesting from that perspective that we probably teams playing Ole Miss probably would rather play them in the first half of the season rather than toward the end where maybe they're a little bit more comfortable with, with the, the offense and, and the new coaching staff and everything. Um, like I said, I, I would still at this point make Ole Miss the favorite in that game, but uh yeah, I mean, I don't know that a lot of people are going to pick Vanderbilt to even win one SEC game this year. They, they might not. I probably see them going one and seven, finding a way to to win one at some point, and that's uh, you know that that could be the one. I think South Carolina would be the other that I look at, and you know maybe the third one, honestly, uh, would be Tennessee because although they seem to be on the rise, we've seen this before with them, right? With Bush Jones. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was going to ask you about that Tennessee game. Actually, I, I don't want you to go out there and make a prediction yet about a rivalry game, in particular because Tennessee started the season in such a weird way last year right. and then finished strong. But I think they're getting a little bit too much credit. They've done well on the recruiting trail this far, but they've got, what, like 24 commitments? So just the volume is boosting their spot in the recruiting rankings. Uh, do you have a sense of, of Jeremy Pruitt? Do you have much of an opinion about how things are going to shake out for him over the next two or so seasons when you consider that Georgia is recruiting at an elite level alongside Alabama, LSU, and Ohio State. And Florida with Dan Mullen seems poised to challenge Georgia, even though I think Florida is still in a talent deficiency compared to the Bulldogs. Yeah, I mean, I think I agree with you. I mean, I would see, I have a hard time seeing Tennessee really overtaking certainly Georgia and maybe Florida as well in the next like two seasons. I, I, I think Jeremy Pruitt seems better than, than Butch, right? <laughs> That's not the highest bar in the world, but I, I do kind of buy that, that he's a solid coach and uh, Tennessee certainly, like you said, uh, has been doing well on the recruiting trail. Although some of that also, as you mentioned, is, is more pure volume rather than, uh, you know, getting a million five stars. I think, um, 
you know, I like I think the thing is maybe the second half of the season should be weighted a little bit heavier than the beginning, you know, when Tennessee did um, reel off those six straight wins or, or whatever it was to end the season. But that doesn't mean that the first half of the season just didn't happen. I still think it's relevant. So I'm, I would probably pick Tennessee to go to a bowl game. I don't think they're going to be a huge disappointment this year, but I also think it's, you know, it's possible that they don't improve as, as many people probably think. And I wouldn't be surprised if they go like seven and five or something like that. And, uh, I think Vanderbilt, if Vanderbilt is like a four and eight team and they play a seven and five team at home, yeah, probably lose, but <laughs> I, I, you know, it's not like they're playing. It's like you said, it's not like playing, um, Georgia or Florida at home where you, where it's, you know, good chance of being a blowout. Robbie, you have been very generous with your time and I do appreciate your insight. Would you please share with everyone listening where they can follow you and where they can read you? Yeah, sure. Uh, go ahead and follow me at RW Weinstein on Twitter and, uh, you know, it, it, Vanderbilt 24-7, you can pretty much just Google that or uh, Vanderbilt.247sports.com. Type that into your uh, search bar and uh, you can find all my stuff there. Robbie, appreciate it. Thanks again for your time. You guys be sure to check out his work, especially as we start to turn our attention to the upcoming football season. He'll give you everything you need to know about the competition. Much appreciated, sir. Yeah, thanks a lot, Painter. That is a wrap. We appreciate it. Thanks to Robbie Weinstein of Vandy 24-7. More Beyond Enemy Lines coming your way as we progress through this offseason together. Voluntary wink-wink summer workouts. Hey, and we're about that. The players are ready for it, too. All right? If you're ready for more college sports, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered. Be easy.